Okay. Thanks, brother. World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I've been looking uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, for a few hours here. Uh, the show that we're going to have today. it's going to be going to be going to be powerful and I I'm a little bit uh, unhinged here as we get rolling because I uh, if you would uh, Spencer I'm sorry who is it Jonathan Jonathan pull up um, the uh, I didn't number today the give sin go it's right it would be number two pull up number two uh, we're going to talk to Isaac Yoder today can, can folks this ought to make it yeah get rid of that can you imagine locking this guy up. Does does this guy does this look like a terrorist to you folks? Huh? An insurrectionist. And you know what really dawned on me today? Isaac's our guest here, by the way. I've known Isaac for, I don't know, probably 20 years, 15 at least, his wife, his children. Insurrectionist right here, huh? And then I was I realized something else today, too. I watched Tom Renz yesterday on Hagman Report. I love Tom Renz and all he's doing. And I watch all the attacks and all the assaults and everything that's going on. And whether we, whether we understand it or not, realize it or not, it is absolutely an assault on Christianity. And there ain't no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But that's what's going on. That's what the gulag's all about. That's what Isaac Yoder been sentenced to a year in jail. That's what it's all about. When all this other stuff's going on. But here's what else is really going on. The Lord really showed me this last night. That sounds spiritual when I say that. Somebody showed me that. I think it was the Lord. You know, we're going to have to come to we're going to have to come to a decision. All you, me, we're going to have to come to a decision because we are you looking at me? We are funding our opposition. We are funding our own demise. I think about Isaac Yoder, I think about Bill Dunphy, and I think about all these people who are in trouble with the government. And we are paying tax dollars. We are paying the salary of the prosecutor who's after Isaac Yoder. This is the ultimate, ultimate lawfare. Amen. Make the legal system so expensive that even if you win, you're broke. You've lost, right? And so Isaac Yoder is paying the judge, the bailiff, the, uh, the, the prosecutor, the, who, who out, the, the, the uh, girl who takes the notes, the, everybody in that courtroom, all the ancillary things that go along with it. Isaac Yoder is paying his opponents to attack him. You understand that, friends? You, you understand what we're facing? You understand that all of our pro-life friends who are being who are facing years in jail for doing nothing more than showing up outside of an abortion clinic and appealing for the lives of the unborn children. Do you understand that their tax dollars that they pay into the system are being used to prosecute them? Do you you understand that? There's something seriously, seriously wrong with this system. Seriously wrong with it. And one of the rights guaranteed by the Constitution is the right to petition our government for a redress of grievances. Now, if Isaac Yoder has a right to petition the government for redress of grievances, can anybody name for me any other right that you have to pay to have enforced for you? He has a right to a free, speedy trial. He has a right to a trial of his peers. He has a right to that, yet he has to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just to get the opportunity to prove he's innocent. Anybody picking up what I'm laying down here? See, we, we're going to have to come to a decision whether or not we're going to be part of this system or not part of this system. Because what we are seeing is an unabashed attack on Christianity. I'm going to get into that more later on, not, not so much today. By the way, right now, text somebody and tell them to tune in 
to Coach Dave Live. Go ahead and do it right now. Tell them to tune in so they can see, number one, what the government is doing to this godly family man. That's his family right in front of him, right? And you're going to hear from Isaac exactly what took place in the in the courtroom, what he was able and not able to produce. And uh, I got to tell you something, I'm, I'm livid. I'm livid about it, right? Uh, I got some other stuff I want to talk about, but I'm not going to go to. So I'm going to open it up right now. I'm going to bring Isaac in here. I've known Isaac, as I said, 15, 20, I don't know, through Operation Save America, Flip Benham and Rusty Thomas. And I remember going to abortion clinics and stuff like that when Isaac, could, he couldn't have been any more than 10 or 12. How old are you now, Isaac? How old are you? Am I, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, we got you. <clears throat> okay. Yes, sir. Well, I'll, I'll be 35 in a few days. So, so 35. Well, maybe I'm, maybe you were a little bit older than that, but certainly a yeah, teenager. That's right. Yeah, no, I was probably, it's been about 20 years. Next year, I think will be 20 years when we met you. I, so yeah. you get it. Remember 20 years ago, we were on the streets together fighting, a, yeah. or, fighting for truth, justice in the American way. Yeah. Here's, here's Isaac Yoder 20 years later. Who would have ever thought it? He and his dad and his brothers and his mom, they would have come as a family. And who would have thought that this guy has got on his uh, he's got on his patriotic outfit today, which by the way, he wore into the Capitol that day. And uh, Isaac, I couldn't be more proud of you. And I couldn't be any more proud of your wife and, and your and your your in-laws and all those who love you and support you. And folks, I put up there his go gifts and go thing. If you want to give him some look here. Isaac, here's the truth. Everywhere we look, folks, this is part of the battle. Do you understand this? Everywhere we look, they're trying to deplete you financially. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Everywhere you look, they're trying to deplete you financially. And it seems like every time when I come on here, I got another cause. Stephanie needs a car. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny needs defense. Tom Renz needs help. Isaac needs help. Bill Dunphy needs help. And we have such a small, see, we're sending all of our money to the government who are using it to attack us. You know, is anybody seeing this but me? See? And then the rest of us, the inflation's hitting, everything's going higher. You can't even afford to eat, let alone defend somebody. I'll get off my high horse. Isaac, come on in here, dude, and just, uh, just start talking to us, telling your story. What happened? That day. All right. Well, hey, good morning. Thank you, Coach. It's it's a great opportunity to be here, and just praise God for your uh, the stand. You know, just this this fight you're putting up here. It's it's amazing. It's great to be with you guys this morning. So, um, so yeah, um, January sixth. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to know where to start with this, but yeah, obviously I was there, and and of course you can you know you can ask questions to kind of point me exactly where you want me to to go with this, but you know. Um, obviously I was there, I dressed this way. And of course the idea with that, well, number one, you know, it's like, uh, this was the, the appropriate way to, to show up for, especially for me. I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not this great speaker that, you know, there's not like some people have there were, there's, every, we all have our talents and things. Well, for me, it was like, I'm dressing this way. Cause this sends a message without me saying a thing, everybody knows that, it's like, this is, we're, we're, we're standing for a constitution or founding and the message being sent is we got to get back to, you know, our founding. And it's also a, just the, the, the honoring, honoring our, our founders, our constitution and our government, it shows. And, and, and this goes back to, you know, when I walked all the way up into the Capitol I assumed that it would be clearly understood that I was not any kind of a troublemaker, an insurrectionist, any kind of course. Back then, I didn't realize they were going to actually use foolish, reckless words like insurrection. But um, but I, I, I assumed they are not going to think anything negative. I mean, here I am dressed as an obvious patriot who loves our country, loves our founding, our government, our our you know, our government in its proper sense, you know, no kind of rebellion or, you know, anything. This flag behind me was the one that I carried in with me, Betsy Ross flag. And I love the Betsy Ross flag. It just, you know, that the, the circle stars, it's just, it, it, it just reminds me, it's, it's so the revolutionary war. That was the only time when they, they had that 
you know, flag, and then they changed it after that. But um, there couldn't be a more pure representation of who we are, like our heritage and our founding. Just and so that's why I, I dress the way I do. And um, you're and from so that was, Hang on, I, you're from Missouri, so people get a flavor for that. You got three children and a wife, and you just did like everybody else. You you went to uh, Washington D.C. to do your constitutional duty, right? To go stand up for what you thought was a stolen election. And you didn't do anything other than carry a flag parade. And they opened up the door and you walked in. That's right. And, you know, um, it was, uh, as, as far, you know, we've been to things like this all the time where we're out there, you know, with signs or different things, you know, my whole life, basically. And we were in Washington, D.C. on November 14th of 2020. So just, you know, a couple months before that. And for, you know, a Stop the Steal rally. And that was a great thing, a really great rally. But on January 6th, the thing that really excited me were, what well, one of the things about that that excited me was the fact that the president himself asked us to come. And that was something we had never seen, especially us, you know, the, the conservatives, the, you know, the, the people that are seen as the dissenters, the, you know, we're, we're just like, oh, yeah, those, you know, the conservatives. But it was so neat to see the president himself saying, hey, guys, can you show up? And so my thought going into that was, oh, yeah, like we need to show up. And especially those who are Christians, those of us who name the name of Christ, we need to be the first in line to say, hey, we're going to support that. And and it's so crazy because, you know, you have Christians always saying they want to they want to play the Romans 13 card, obey the government. And it's not like he was saying you have to come. OK, but he was asking us to come. Where were the Christians saying Romans 13, obey the government? Hmm. You know, and, 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 and actually, I take that back really a step further when Trump was saying uh, earlier that year early in 2020, hey, let's get back to, to church for Easter. And now that was that was a little more of a, hey, guys, come on. Where was the church standing behind him when he was standing up for us? Where were where was the church standing mm. up and saying, yeah, Romans 13, let's let's obey the, the directives coming from our president. Eh, you didn't see it. And and God is looking for that. But anyway, so on uh, on January 6th, I was so excited showing up. I, I I did not think there was going to be any trouble, like any real trouble. Oh, yeah, Antifa, they might show up, make some noise, but there's going to be so many patriots there. I had no idea that the government was literally going to concoct this concerted plan, this, this literally a conspiracy to uh, bamboozle the people, to entrap them in their own capital, and and make criminals out of everybody it would it, it's you know the, as as this thing has unfolded for the past two years it's just been mind-blowing because even on that day i didn't i didn't understand what was going on you know i walked in there yes they had as, as far as i could see they had everything under control i went out there at the very end they had their police lines up everything was orderly in the sense that i didn't see anybody i didn't see anything out of control i didn't see anyone you know doing any kind of violence or, or actually rioting. There was nothing going on that I can attest to. And by the way, that, that really bothers the judge. You know, in my case, when I it went to trial, the judge just cannot, he can't accept that. I told him the truth. No, I didn't see anything. I did not see. Yeah. Yeah. I saw broken glass. Yeah. I saw that stuff. Okay. But did I see anyone doing anything? No. So the, and he the, judge, like, the judge believed the, 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 narrative that everybody was breaking windows and doing all that stuff he believed all that narrative and then when you came into the courtroom said that no that that wasn't going on he he couldn't believe the truth out of your mouth no and and here's the crazy thing about that the whole in the trial there's video footage that covers almost my entire from when i walked into the capitol to where i walked out they have evidence video photos all this stuff of almost the entire time so he has no reason to believe anything else because what i say is is entire just almost exactly entirely backed up by video evidence that shows complete peaceful cooperative uh behavior the whole time so it's just like he has no reason to say that other than this vindictive attitude of oh well you're just one of those liars i don't know 
Okay, Isaac, so let's get into it because I, uh, I know people want to know this. Let's, let's get into the trial itself because for, uh, well, let's back up a little first. Isaac, how did they arrest you? And how long after you left did this whole thing transpire before you realized, hey, they're coming after me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, it was in March of 21 when they finally made contact with me. Um, here in Missouri, it, was, uh, it wasn't real bad like it was in most everywhere else, even Arkansas. They did not come to my house. Well, they were on their way to my house, but I, um, I was on my way out to work, and they saw me on the road, so they stopped, rolled down their window, and said, hey, they're just kind of like neighbors meeting up. They're just like, hey, we're the FBI. We need to talk to you. For a split second, I thought it was a joke. You know, like, what? Oh, oh, this is the FBI. So I got out. And, you know, I hadn't been coached by some attorney or, oh, don't talk to them. I just told – I just – shit. Just talking to them. Telling them everything that I thought and, and whatever, you know. Nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. Yeah, absolutely. And I told them that over and over. I don't have anything to hide. And, uh, you know, and I appreciate the agent that was, you know, he was, he's a good guy. But so I went and I interviewed, I I, I met with the, them in their office, uh, my wife and I and our kids, we all went down there. I said, well, we'll just do it that way. We met with them. I, I gave them an interview and then I went back and they actually, cause they were, they had to do this. They took some of my stuff. This is not the, the original hat I wore there because they have it. They have uh, one of my coats, some of my stuff that I wore there, you know, and they used that in the trial. It was ridiculous. It's like, I'm not denying anything. You guys don't need this. So they did that. And then on this, so the second interview is when he said something about at some point I was going to have a certain amount of time. I was going to have to turn myself in. And that's when I realized, okay, they're actually, but I still didn't really realize they were going to make an actual court case out of it. I thought, well, okay, so they're kind of pursuing some legal action. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. And so finally in August, they um, they they gave me the notice, okay, you got to turn yourself in in Springfield at the federal courthouse. But one little interesting thing, in July, okay, while well, we're just waiting, just kind of waiting and everything, um, and we finally got an attorney at that point. But, you know, OSA, the national event was in yeah. June. Oh, it was in June. Okay. It was in June. The national event was early. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. So we, we went out there for that. And it was very interesting when we got onto the turnpike there in Oklahoma headed West, I got a call from the agent. I didn't answer it because at that point people were saying, you know, you need to not be talking to the FBI. So I, okay, we got an attorney. So I, I, you know, had her talk to him. And, um, but it was very interesting. They're obviously tracking us because why, why all of a sudden, as soon as I, cause I, I, I pretty much just keep right in this little area and I go across the state line to Kansas for he's work and stuff. He's a, he's a locksmith. Is that, does that kind of fit yeah. him? Or not, huh? <laughs> go ahead, so it was just interesting. As soon as we got outside of the normal area where we usually travel headed West there in Oklahoma, all of a sudden I get this call. And, uh, you know, they weren't trying to do anything, but I think, I think the, the, the call was just kind of like, I don't know, checking up, like, where are you going? What are you doing? Sort of thing. And it's just showing, Hey, we're totally under their thumb. Okay. And, so uh, Isaac, let me keep you, let me keep you moving here. Cause we only got an hour. Um, yeah. So then they arrest you. They give you a court date. They said that you can have a jury trial or you can have a bench trial. I mean, a trial by a judge. And you decided that you would have a trial by the judge, right? Yeah, well, and we all know why. You know, there's no way. The, the, the juries are just, you know, of course, completely biased here. I thought that at least if even a, I thought even a liberal judge should have enough respect for the law since that's their profession. They should have enough respect for just basic law that when they see how ridiculous this case is, they've got to do something fair with it. So that was my right. reasoning for that. <laughs> that's right. You trusted the devil to be to be kind to you, huh? Okay, yeah, so so let's let's move forward here, Isaac. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of the trial because they did find you guilty for misdemeanors, guilty, and sentenced you to a year in jail. 
you had to be stunned and you're sitting there thinking that they actually found you guilty of this. Tell us about the interaction, what the judge said. All the, give us a little bit of background on that on that trial. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, with the trial, it, it was crazy. And you know, really in, in in many ways, I thought the trial went well just because at the end of the day, they had all this evidence and it was good for me because again, the truth is on our side. But uh, but yeah, there were so many things wrong with the trial. They they brought it. They had four. They had and with me, it was just me. You know, I'm just gonna go up there and say what I know. But they had four witnesses. One was a uh, secret service agent that kind of talked about their protocol for um, for like January 6th or like um, or inauguration day. You well, know, he didn't talk about days. your case. The secret service agent talked about. What they were trying, what the agents were trying to do, they didn't talk specifically about you, right? No, because she had no clue about me. So okay. she talked about that. It was just like to fill time. Then they got, and this was like their star witness. They brought in uh, Captain Ortega, he, you know, of the, the Capitol Police, and he gave this big tale of woes and and you know, oh, and a riot and a, and a big deal. Again, had nothing to do with me, and and my attorney on both these two first witnesses asked them, so you never saw Mr. Yoder, you had no interaction with him, don't know who he is. Yeah, they had nothing to do with me, okay? And so, but, so in other words, it's like a, a brawl, you're talking about a brawl at a bar, and you weren't even at the bar. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and so it was, it was so ridiculous because, it, yes, it's just this big story. And of course, my attorney, is constantly during his testimony, he keeps objecting. He's like, you know, you can't do this. This this narrative, like, he needs to stop. And the judge just kept overruling. Poisoning the jury, right? Well, they're in it's a judge, so poisoning the judge. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. he felt. I think that he felt like because it was a bench trial, huh? He he can he can handle it. Apparently not, but he thought he could handle it. So he was just enjoying it. And you know, he would even throw in comments of his own, like, "Oh yeah, the police weren't letting people in. They were overwhelmed." It's like you weren't there. You don't know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's how that went. And then um, then they had the FBI testify. And you know, his testimony was was good because he just told the truth and he said everything that Mr. Yoder told me in the interview checked out on on the footage. It was all true. And so they they have that. Like it's not, you know, again, they have no reason to not believe my testimony. Now, here's the thing they're saying. They're saying that I lied to the court. And here's here's why. And this is very important because they're saying that I lied. Because my testimony doesn't line up with this captain's testimony. Mm. You know, I'm not saying the same thing. And it's like, are you kidding me? I'm not even calling him a liar. I'm saying this is what I saw. You saw something else. Big deal. Right. My testimony has to do with me. But oh, no. They're going to go ahead and say that. He's, and then, he's not even testifying about what you did, is he, Isaac? He's testifying no. about what went on in D.C. that day and saying, you're one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're saying it was like uh, all these raindrops and you're one of the raindrops. Completely. Yeah. I mean, you can't just do that, but that's what they're doing. Now, then their fourth testimony uh, came from a, a, a police lieutenant who was there at the same time I was. Now, he doesn't. He doesn't really know. Like he wasn't really paying attention to me personally much, but he had to admit that he said the people that were in the building at that point, that time, and again, there's footage showing all this. He said they were cooperative. There wasn't, there wasn't anything really going on. It's just yeah, you know, they're there cooperating, cooperating with any kind of directives from law enforcement. Okay, so, and, Isaac, so listen, Isaac. I, I people want to ask you questions, so let me let me get let let's get to the sentencing then, right? So the judge. Yeah. The judge has no evidence. They have no evidence that you did anything wrong to violate it. And so the judge is in a quandary because we know that no judge in Washington, D.C. wants to be the guy that lets somebody go. They can't let that happen. So what hoops does he jump through, Isaac, to find you guilty? Well, I I don't know. It it, it seems to me like... It's almost like they handed him a paper and said, sign off on this. I mean, it's so ridiculous because they just, again, they just make it up out of thin air. They just call things. Okay, specifically, I said when I went into the Capitol, I, I addressed the people there a little bit. I mean, nobody 
nobody was listening. But I addressed the people saying, you know, it's on, part of it was on recording and they played it. Someone had a cell phone in there, I guess they recorded it, and somehow the government got a hold of that. It was probably one of their people. And in that statement, I say, we don't riot, we don't do bad things, we keep the law. And, that, and you know, it gets cut off. They got you on videotape saying, we don't riot, we don't break the law, we're honorable people. They had that on record, played in the courtroom. What, the yeah. judge voted? No, you know what they do with it? The prosecutor, and, and, and so... The prosecuting, first of all, they go through it over and over and they try to somehow twist it to say I was, I was, you know, encouraging riotous behavior. Well, then at the sentencing, which, you know, this is months later, they've had time to think about it. They just go all in. And the prosecuting attorney, she says this at my sentencing just a couple weeks ago. She says, she, she quotes the whole thing and then she says, he was egging on the rioters with this. He was egging them on. And she said, Mr. Yoder's explanation of it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows what that means. It's plain English. <laughs> but, that, but that's the kind of thing that they're, they're basically, it's like in your face, just like the, the, the whole election thing has been. In your face, we're going to do this, even though it actually doesn't make any sense. We're going to find you guilty with zero evidence. In fact, there's exculpatory evidence, and we're going to call it, you know, evidence against you. And that's what they did. So, Isaac, um, get us, take us through the sentencing. Then I want to open it up because I know people have questions for you. So what was, what was it the prosecuting attorney were asking? What kind of punishment did they want for you, and what did the judge give you? Yeah, so uh, they ask for, as far as prison time, they ask for 13 months prison. And then they wanted uh, all the money that I had raised for legal fees. They wanted that uh, as far as a fee. Then they wanted like- well, so you, understand uh, this? you understand this? They, they started a, a fund for him to defend himself and the court wanted that money. Go yeah. ahead, Isaac. Yeah. And then they, they asked for like 60 days or something or community service. And um, I don't know how much fine, but anyway, it was that, that was basically the thing. So, and then probation or parole is what it would be. Um, I can't remember how long was the parole they were asking for. Maybe it was, maybe it was three years. I was probably three, three years parole. So what the judge ended up giving me was 12 months, um, prison which you know it's interesting he said we're going to depart downward from this we're going from 13 to 12 months well the 12 months was actually worse <laughs> and i didn't know that at the you know right away but if you get 13 months that i guess the prison system automatically will knock off two of those whereas if you get 12 they can't do that and so my my attorney actually went back to him and said hey hey can't you actually just give him the 13 that the government were asking for because that that would actually be better and he's like no we're not going to do that um so if they gave you 30, if they gave you 13 months they, the court system would have knocked it off the prison system would have knocked it off to eight months right but when the judge gave you 12 you have to do yeah. all 12. yeah Oh, what a racket. What a, what a racket. So, Isaac, I'm going to open it up here a second. What's your attitude about this whole thing, brother? What's it, what's it done to your faith? I'm, we're looking right now up on the screen. We got you sitting there with, your, with Kelly, your wife, and your three children. And uh, I mean, what a, what a nightmare, Isaac. What, what's your attitude about it right now? Well, I mean, I'm, I, I feel very honored to be used uh, by God to do something, you know, like this, where at least you know, in the midst of all this, I mean, it's so frustrating. We've all felt it just like wanting to be able to, you know, push back against what's going on, make a difference. And so I'm honored in that way that, hey, they see me as a threat. But, you know, of course, part of a lot of this is depressing too. It's like, especially in this, um, the season of life I'm in, you know, as a young father and I've got a business to run, it's, it's difficult, obviously, to, you know, do that when things are so uncertain, when you've got this thing hanging over your head, when you're under, under the government's thumb. So of course that side of it is it's, it's, it's horrible, it but yet, it, yeah. But as Christians, 
we know what this sort of thing does. I mean, yes, it has so helped my faith, my walk with God. That that enhances that, you know. And so my walk with God um, has been enhanced by that. And in and, and my relationship with my wife and my family, it's been so good. It's been good for our church. It's been good for so, so many people just uh, involved and in, in looking on in this. And so God wins in this, you know, this is where, and because this is what matters, you know, like David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. God God gets the victory when his children go through stuff like this. This is when you begin to, it, it begins to bring out the treasure. It begins to bring out good stuff. So yes, that's exactly, that's exactly where we're at. And I am so honored. And, and when that judge, when he said, you get 12 months, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, wow, he's giving me 12 months. Almost nobody else with the same little misdemeanors that I had, nobody else is getting 12 months. So I'm like thinking, wow, okay. Honor me with that kind of opposition. Go all, right, Isaac, all right, Isaac, hang on here a second. I have two questions, then I'm going to open it up. Number one, do you have an appeal process? And number two, when does your sentence begin? Okay, yeah, we're, yes, we are starting an appeals process. Um, my attorney said he's trying to get that going quickly, which I don't know, <laughs> you know, in, in court, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that much, but, uh, so yes, we definitely have that going. We had planned that from from way back. Uh, and then as far as when does it begin, I don't know yet. They haven't they haven't told me yet. But so they could, they in, could call you. They could call you tomorrow. And say hey, see you here next Tuesday, huh? They could do that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's open it up here, folks. Remember, to ask a question. Tell your story, not your life story. All right. Let's get let's get through this. Jeans up. Then then Myra. Then Jack. Go. Okay, I just want to ask, I just went through a court system, too, with my friend. Did you harm anybody? No. Okay. In order for courts to proceed by law and even by rule, there has to be a victim. But they never bring that up. They sidestep that. Because these courts are all taught by the same school called, and they're teaching somatics. If they do not agree with the law and you don't agree with their law, it's all conspiracy theory. Amen, Gene. Amen. It's what? Yeah. We're, caught into, we're got, caught into a system that we got to get out of, brother. Yeah, and we're it. paying for it, like you said, yep. Yep. Coach. Paying for our own demi- demise. Yes. Especially, folks, when you look at, if you can't see it's a war on Christianity, look at what they're doing to, to the J6 guys. Christians, for the most part, look at what they're doing to the people who show up at abortion clinics, and look what they're doing to Antifa. If you need any more evidence, it's right there in front of you. Myra, quickly, thanks, Jean. Myra, then Jack. Yes. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Um, Michelle Tabomeyer gave me your uh, mother-in-law uh, phone number, Carmen, and I spoke to her, and I will yeah. be mailing a second check to you today. And I want to decree Deuteronomy. 28, 2 to 5. All right. all, Deuteronomy 28, 2 to 5. And all these presents shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and thy fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the frogs of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Jack. Yes. Um, no victim, no crime. Um, were you, you've known Dave Dobbenmeyer for 20 years. That means you've been an activist all your life. Um, so you've obviously had interaction <laughs> interaction with law enforcement over the years, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so here's what happens. When you have interaction, here's what the judge and those lawyers are seeing that you've never seen. When you have interactions with those law enforcement officers, they write it up and they put innuendo and things in that written report that are researched and are used against you 
and it sets a pattern that you are this heinous person just by the innuendo of the written reports written by the police that you never even see. I just experienced that a couple years ago. I couldn't believe what they had written in those reports. No wonder you get we're getting targeted because they they put these nasty uh, innuendos all through your record that you don't even see, even if you've never actually been arrested. Amen. That's what yeah. that judge was reading. Amen. Amen, Zach. They're criminals. That's a criminal act. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's exactly what they're doing. Because in the in the pre-sentence report, we start seeing all their mischief. They they try to just paint everything in the most you know offensive light towards you. It's it's. They're crazy. not after justice. They're after convictions. They're not interested. Yeah. In justice. They they can also they they write a charge on you that's bogus, and then the the DA drops it, but the charge is still there. You weren't acquitted. You were charged with, but never prosecuted. So this, that's what follows you all the way through. Well, that's a good point, Jack. It's, that's right. They drop we, a charge. We need to learn how to have our, our, our records, um, what, what's it called? Extracted? Expunged. No, not extracted. Expunged. Expunged, yes. We need to have our records Jack just, expunged Jack because just there's made so a much crap in there. If you've been charged with something and the charges are dropped, your record still shows that you were charged. It doesn't show that you were uh, found innocent of it. Good point, Jack. Clay, come on in. Yeah, by them prosecuting Isaac Yoder and uh, sentencing him, persecuting him, they're trying to send the message of don't come here and do that. But you know what the the actual message that they're sending out to the people? They're saying don't come here peacefully and unarmed and do that. (laughs) That's what they're doing. Yeah, and it's going true. to backfire on them because everybody's getting the clear message that if you do it, if you do it peacefully and unarmed, this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah, mm, that's right. Good point. Yeah, most of us when we went there, uh, we had no idea. We had no idea that our government was capable of doing that to us for sure. Eileen, come on in. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, would you just share a little bit, uh, like you did on the Gateway Pundit, about you, this is not your first interaction with law enforcement, obviously. Uh, You've been out in the pro-life movement a long time. So when did you realize something maybe was amiss? Well, as far as I I never, in fact, when I went up in there, it seemed very typical of the way law enforcement are in in situations. So I didn't, I mean, obviously I knew there was a situation. Yes, I could see, I knew, I knew we were being set up. And I guess if I just sat there and thought about it for a while, I knew, yes, that the government was complicit with this, but I didn't realize to the level. Of, you, knew of, you, you knew you were innocent though, right? You knew you hadn't done yeah. anything. And yeah. You thought, hey, I just get into court of law. I'll be able to prove I didn't do anything. I'll, I'll be okay. That's our attitude, yeah. isn't it, Isaac? Yeah. Absolutely. And also, as far as, you know, having dealt with law enforcement before, I'm used to how they are. You know, if they stand there and they just, you know, let you, they're going to communicate with you if you're going to, if you're about to do anything that's going to get you in trouble or just something they don't want, they're going to tell you. Well, they didn't say anything. Everything was under control. They had their police lines all. I did not see any chaos. I did not see anybody getting hurt. I didn't see people. I did not see officers under any kind of stress or like, oh no, what do we do? They all just looked as cool as could be, just like, oh, we're fine. And even when I tried to communicate with them, that and that, that's annoying. They didn't, they wouldn't communicate back. Just kind of like, we're we're big and bad, and we're standing here. You just do your thing, and we're not going to talk to you. Type of attitude. Nobody, nobody tried to stop you. Nobody told you you can't go in here. If you go in yeah. here, you're trespassing. Nobody ever said that to you. No, nobody ever. And I was watching. I was going to make sure I wasn't going to miss that. I was I was watching to see if they were going to direct me away from oh no you can't so it wasn't that I missed something I I literally because I was I did not want to pass a point at which I would be in trouble for for being there and so no they never indicated that I could not be there and I felt very comfortable with that because what, because of that what was some exculpatory evidence for you that they did not present do you did you have any. Oh, well, that's hard to say. I mean, obviously, the I think, of course, the 
Well, the main exculpatory evidence, I would think, obviously, is the fact that it was all set up and they weren't going to bring that in. But, um, <laughs> you know, well, and, and here's here's the thing. So I thought that this trial, because it's, you know, once we get out of the media, we actually get into the courtroom. It's all about, you know, r- the facts. I thought they had to stick with the facts of the case. Did you or did you not technically violate this or that statute that's what i thought it was going to be about but no they made it about politics they made it about the whole uh thing of the day and so that of course we knew that was very wrong because we could have done the same thing we could have been like oh (laughs) you want to talk about the broader picture the broader picture is that we were set up the broader picture is this whole election was stolen but of course we're not going into it like that we're trying to be very much like okay well let's talk about what really happened but i think i believe that part of the See, here was here was the problem. The evidence that they showed to convict me with, I feel like was exculpatory because it showed in, in many ways, it just showed I me mean, peacefully walking in. I mean, peacefully, you know, any any interaction was peaceful. Although, you know, that picture that that that's gone around of me talking to that officer, they don't have like they don't have footage there and they didn't that officer wasn't there. I, I don't know why. But he, they didn't. They didn't see fit to call him. I'm not sure why. Again, I don't know. Isaac, did people stop you and want to take pictures with you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. They, they found that you know, and they found that to be you know. Again, that's that's a no no somehow. Oh yeah, you're really inciting it right when you do that. By the way, real quickly, what were you charged with, Isaac? What were the four charges that they're throwing you in jail for a year for? Yeah. So um, it was trespassing. Violent entry, <laughs> um, and disorderly conduct, and parading, and that's a year in jail. Yeah. And, and what did they say was violent entry? What did you do that was a violent entry? <laughs> you know that you know it's interesting. They never even, I mean, what they they had footage of me walking in. It, <laughs> it's your like it, it's like you're in a buffet line. There were so many people. I'm just kind of. <laughs> slowly i mean violent they didn't you know they didn't specifically touch on that one they just said i was guilty of it because there's no way there's no way you could make up violent entry with that no that you'd think they'd have to have some evidence of that brett come in then roger yeah good morning coach hey thanks excuse me thanks for coming on and um you know just observation they picked up another guy from j6 on um August 30th, so what, seven days, eight days ago. Um, and everybody might have heard about that because the uh, Patriot Safe Company gave the code to this guy's safe. I saw that today. Um, That's unbelievable. Really, without. I saw that today. That's unbelievable. It is, isn't it? But an observation, it seems as though, and this may not be true, but the last many that we know of that have been picked up like you are business owners. Yeah. They're they're yeah. they're they're taking yeah. the leaders, yeah. Yeah. and that may not be true across the board. But you know, you coach, we got uh, Terry Allen, yeah. uh, this guy that uh, just got picked up. Uh, he he was part owner of some uh, company down south or uh, wherever, and uh, yeah, it just seems like they're I, I, picking the cream of the crop. I, I, by the way, today on my weekly commentary. I wrote about that. I asked the question today, Isaac. Maybe you can answer this one. Uh, can anybody tell me where the Republicans are? Have you had has has your has, has your uh, <clears throat> representative Isaac have the has a senator in Missouri? Have any of them come to your defense? Any elected official? Any Republican anywhere done anything to help you in your defense? Oh wow, this is a this is a real important one, and we re- we gotta we gotta hit this one hard. Okay, so. Uh, Tuesday, just this Tuesday, I finally made contact with our new U.S. representative, of course, Republican here in Missouri, you know, and everybody knows Josh Hawley. He's, you know, made headlines, all that. And then we've got Eric Schmidt, okay, as our senators. I have been trying to get a hold of our U.S. representative since before the trial because I'm going up there. I'm thinking, hey, man, at least the least you could do, send someone from your office to witness this trial because I'm not going to get a fair trial. And if we had someone... Well, you know, if we had our representative there, his eyes there to see what kind of a, a, you know, a kangaroo court this is, what kind of a joke this is, it would help. You know, we need some help. 
And so we were trying to reach out to him over and over and over again. Nothing. They never reached back out. In fact, my brother went to his D.C. office uh, about a week before the trial to talk to them. So he literally went there in person and he went to the senator's offices. You know, you know what they say? They're like, well, we, we don't really have the manpower for that. He's like, can't you send somebody down to the trial? You walk. You can walk. You know, I mean, you know how this stuff is. The Senate building here, the House building, you can just walk down the sidewalk right into the, you know, to the big federal court building there. Easy little, it's not a big deal, but oh no, they couldn't do that. And then finally, and and, and by the way, they'd been telling us uh, from, because when I first got arrested, my family was calling them over and over and over. We were all, I mean, I, I think my mom and, and especially one of my sisters, they were calling like for a while about every day. And they were like, they said, we can't do anything. And then we finally made contact with our representative this Tuesday because he came to our town for a town hall meeting and we confronted him about it. And you know what he said? He's kind of blindsided. And he's just like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And he was asking in a sense, like, what? I can't do anything. And I'm thinking, if you guys are so, you, you know how much these people get paid? And then this is our representative. Because I was, I was making the point. I said, who do we appeal to? You're our U.S. representative. We can't go to our state reps. These are That's on the state level. We're trying to go to our, this is a federal case. This is happening there in D.C. We're going to you guys. And you guys say you can't do anything. And, yeah. and, and we need, the people need to realize this is what they're saying. They're not even trying to hide it. They're literally saying we can't do anything. How worthless is that? That is they so have worthless. Got, they have men still locked up in the gulag in Washington, D.C., who have not had a trial. They've been in there over two years, and the Republicans, pardon, hold your ears, Isaac, the Republicans ain't doing shit. Right? <laughs> they're not, they're not doing they're not, folks. They're not. If you can't understand, I'm going to read my commentary tomorrow. If you can't understand that that's one, as George Carlin said, it's one big club and you ain't in it. If we can't understand that, uh, shame on us. Shame on us. Roger Weaver, come on in, Roger. Well, they control the budget so that, you know, they control the budgets of these of these places. But real quick, um, Isaac, we've got a friend in the queue and that is in a similar situation. I was just curious. He's looking at a little more penalty time if he has found guilty. Any words of wisdom for an individual who's going through the process? He's been at his pre-trials, his status conferences. Um, he's facing a little more time than you are facing. Any words of wisdom in, in the whole process that you have gone through uh, that you could convey to this individual or the rest of us that support him? Well, obviously, you know, <laughs> the the avenues of legal, you know, that's not really my expertise. But I would say this. This is what I what I think the best thing to do is just going to be to keep your integrity and to don't don't ever do something that you regret. And, and, and in other words, what I'm saying is they're after blood. They are trying to don't don't ever compromise your message to try to get lesser time. Just stand firm and just tell the truth and just be like. No, I'm not backing down. I'm not sorry. Yeah, of course, as, as Christians, we're respectful. We're peaceful. We're a, we're gentle people. But at the end of the day, no, I'm not saying sorry. And, I, and, and that, that might, that's probably partly why I got as much time as I did. I was not defiant in any way, but I wasn't going to say, oh, I'm sorry. No, we need to stand on the truth. We need to, so that when we look back later, we don't have to kind of retract and be like, well, yeah, I said I was sorry just to kind of get less time. And now I'm going to fight again. So that, that would kind of be my main basic thing is, you know, stand on the word of God, stand on your principles, stand for this country. And they're going, they're coming after us anyway. Just, you know, be, of course, be wise. Like Jesus said, wise as serpent, harmless as doves, but don't compromise your beliefs to try to, to get some sort of a lesser sentence. Isaac, where are they going to send you? Do you know that? Do you have any idea where you're going to end up? Yeah. See, that's another thing I don't know yet. Um, they, they, uh, apparently it's supposed to be some, somewhere semi-local. I mean, not like DC. So, but it's some federal prison, obviously. Yeah. So. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeff Klein, come on in Judah. Well, Isaac, we just, we'll stand with you on this. Over the years of being at many Operation <laughs> Save America events with Flip and Rusty, we've seen this. Just last weekend, the cops were called in the square when we were out. Thus saith the Lord on the square in our town. Just doing my job, boss. Just doing yep. my job. They just, they hate Christianity. Yep. 
the the guy that he's talking about is my pastor. Been with Flip and Rusty many times. I'm not going to go into any details, but here's the way I see it. I'm sick and tired of these politicians. I am sick and tired of it. They do absolutely nothing. I guarantee you, J.D. and uh, what's his name, the other politician, these guys could care less about my pastor. And another thing, the attorneys. Uh, Sorry, Roger, but I'm going to say it. It's worthless. It is absolutely worthless. We had a federal case with the strip club. We had them dead to rights with six face violations. This is what they always say. Well, let's just compromise. I said, I'm not making a deal with the devil. No compromise. This is where we're at. Our government is screwing the leaders. They are coming after the pastor and you. And we're paying for it, Jeff. We're paying for it. Yes. It's just ridiculous. But I have all these people say, well, vote for this guy and vote for that guy and get an attorney. It doesn't do any good. And there's Mm -hmm. like they told him recently, they're going to arrest a thousand more people. Just two months ago, the government said a thousand more. Who's next? Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republicans? Hey, I'm looking for a Republican. Anybody seen one? Come on in, Judah. Hey, Coach, I want to say this one more thing. Through this year that he is locked up, if this is what comes through, if we get a, a, say, a month or so, something happens, you get have your family get a hold of Coach, and some of us will send some money to help your wife and them beautiful little kids. I will even send some money. Amen. So we won't let your family struggle while you're locked up, brother. Well, we're believing he's not going to get locked up. That's what I believe. That's what but I they're believe. doing yeah, it. Yeah. Praise God. So, Isaac, obviously I was there with you that day, brother. And um, you know what? There are people that, uh, that stood in the gap, and you were one of the called. You're called by God to be able to do something great and almighty. And you know what? He's going to have your back. I believe every one of these guys who are doing that uh, got these convictions, you know what? The gates of hell are going to open up. You know what? The chains are going to be broken. None of you guys are going to do a day at a time. Amen. That's, a, that's my declaration. Amen. Something is about true. to break right now. You know what? And McCarthy, is the chair is going to be vacated. Things are happening right that's now. Exactly. You know what? We're winning. Guys like you stood in the gap and said, you know what? We're going to be called to the righteousness. And as we're moving, we're taking ground. We're moving forward. And we're not, we're not coddling to uh, what they want. We're telling the truth. You know what? They're scared of me for telling the truth, too. Yep. Amen. But you know yeah. what? They don't want to hear it. And what's happening, Isaac? I'm going to decree this, decree this over you is that, you know what? You have power and authority. And his angels yeah. concern you and watch over you in all your ways. Keep telling the truth. And as he tells me right now, you should send a letter to President Trump's office right now explaining what they're prosecuting you for and say, yeah. I decree this. The London bank that over D.C. is now the U.S. bankrupt corporation. That group has no authority over you. They have no right to hold bar law over you because bar law is gone. Constitutional law is now erected. And this is what people are learning. And that fire is burning all across America as people wake up and the lights of of the king are being shown. And so show your light, show your truth, and decree to the king what you is rightfully yours. And other people, you know what? These doors are going to bust wide open. And every single person is starting to understand their authority and where they stand. These things are breaking open. And I know it may sound real tough in the situation that you're in. You know, six of my brothers, you know what? Another one just a couple, two weeks, two or three weeks ago in, in, in Dayton, exact same thing happened to him. But you know what? He's standing his ground too, brother. And we're standing with you. We may not be there in the physical, but we are here in spirit. And you know what? These financial things we'll give to you. We'll do these things we need to do. But you know what? You win. God wins. Keep running, brother. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. I I agree with you. Amen. Laura Ann. Amen. Can I pray? Yes. So, Isaac, I'm praying for you, brother. Um, So, in the name of Jesus, together we come and declare you, Father, our Almighty, and you are holy, 
and you are good. And we storm the courts of heaven because you said we can come to you boldly and all together we're coming boldly before you on behalf of your son Isaac and his family. And we thank you for exposing everything that's happening. You're exposing it. This is for your glory so that we know how to pray. We know how to come together and you know how to bring unity with your family. So Lord God, we are coming together asking for mercy from, from the throne room of heaven and the courts there because you said no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we declare and decree written in the books of heaven right now and in the courts that no weapon will be formed against this man or his family. And you will use him to testify because he will overcome by the word of his testimony and the blood of the lamb, you Jesus Christ. We stand firm together as we raise our shields high and lock them up over with faith over this, over this family, Lord God, so that you will quench every fiery dart because you said in your word that this is not against flesh and blood. This is against principalities and powers that are lurking around in the air. So Lord God, you made the invisible visible. So thank you. We trust Lord God that you will in the name of Jesus Christ, Abba, our father, with the power of the Holy Spirit, move on behalf of this family. And this family represents every other family that's here in America and around the world. And you will take care of the justice because you said, if we walk humbly with you, yes, that you will guard our steps and our path. And that if we seek justice and mercy, you're gonna take care of it because you said vengeance is yours. This is yours in the courts of heaven, decreed and declared today in the name of Jesus Christ, that every demon will bow and still has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank yes. you for what you're gonna do. And we thank you for the victory in heaven so that when Isaac comes back to pass the salt and declares he's passing the salt right now, so thank you, Lord God, that your salt is still salty. You're still salty. And we're, we're, we're not, um, you know, there's not, a, COVID didn't take away our taste buds. And you didn't take away our salt. So thank you for doing this and the healing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Isaac, let me make this, let me make something really clear here. Amen. People yeah. raised money for your defense and the government seized it. Is that true, Isaac? Well, the, so they didn't, um, they wanted to take more, like they wanted to take like all the money we'd raised for legal. And the judge did at that point, he did say, no, we're not going to do that. But so, they wanted to, they wanted to, they take want, oh, they wanted to, they wanted to take every bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Dave Allison quickly. Yeah. Isaac, God bless you. And thanks Lauren for that prayer. You know, uh, recently in Michigan, it was uh, exposed that in Muskegon, that the, in October of 2020, before the election, uh, the uh, local election committee there said that they had received like 30,000 mail-in ballots that they couldn't they couldn't trace. There was no line of uh, 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 security. And so um, they sent it to the state police. They said it's a federal issue. Uh, they sent it to Bill Barr's office, and he sat on it. And um, so... What's what's happening here is, and that now we have 16 electors here that are also being charged with lawfare. Same thing, fifty thousand dollars each to get an attorney to represent themselves, and it goes on and on and on. But I do believe that the, these lies are being exposed. And Isaac, God bless you for standing up for what's right. And I believe in the end. But here's what we know: this 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 life is going to pass, Isaac. And you stood for truth, and I don't want to be the judge. I don't want to be Bill Barr standing before the judge of all judges yeah. and get the sentence that he's going to impose on them. God, I fear for them. I really right. fear for them because that day is coming, and we have yeah. to have that fear. And, and Clay touched on it. One thing that they don't realize they are doing, if, if I'm going to be arrested and thrown in jail for 20 years for peacefully protesting against a political position I believe is true, then like Clay said, they don't realize that they're setting themselves up for then people are not going to be peaceful, right? right. And, yeah. not, and that's that's a that's a critical thing. I don't think they see that coming. I think they want that, Dave. I think yeah. they want Well, that. yeah, that's right. You're right. That's what they want. But God bless you, Isaac, and God's going to provide for you. Amen. Mary bless you. Thank you so much. Hey, did you guys just see yesterday that 
there was a guy that wasn't even at J6, Isaac, and he got 22 years for sedition. I can't recall his name. Yeah, yeah. Enrique Tario, yeah. 22 years. 22 yeah. years. He wasn't even in D.C. He wasn't even in D.C. Wow. Roger, ask your wow. question, what's lawfare? Lawfare is they got warfare. They, they break you through the legal system. They, lawfare. They break you through making yourself defend yourself. That's that's what lawfare is. Kevin. Are you talking about me, Coach? Yes, sir. You're the Kevin. Okay. I, I was going to say, I, Isaac, I got to meet you in Joplin at the corner oh, of 7th yeah. and Range. Yeah, I remember that. Range line. And yeah. uh, were, were you initially interviewed by the uh, agents from the Joplin office? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's save the rest of this for after the show, Coach. All right, all right, man. What's the, hey? We're up in Isaac. Hang in there with us. Uh, you're a hero, and I'm doing everything I can, Isaac, to get you on more programs, because unfortunately, the people on our side believe that you were in an armed insurrection. You understand that, Isaac? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the world. Our, our own people think we're guilty. Yeah, yeah. And so this, right what we're doing here, getting it, this is the most important thing we can do. And and especially at this point, having, like, for, for me personally, having just been convicted of uh, or, or sentenced to a year prison, it actually helps in the sense that we can we can go to these people and say, hey, they're, they're not playing around. Because people like to think the best of the government. Oh, they're not really going to do this. They're not really, don't yeah. make a big deal. No, it's worse than you think. You yeah. know? What can I think? It's a spiritual war, folks. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hang in there with it, Isaac. We're gonna we're gonna cut the show, but uh, stay right with us, so, folks. See I you will tomorrow. do that. Yeah. Okay.